Welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I'm your host, Sarah Fennell, international fitness model and former IFBB Pro figure athlete turned personal development sponge, entrepreneur, and online marketing junkie. I want to have it all in life, and I am not afraid to admit it. This show is for high-performing, high-vibing humans who are ready to take action, step through their fears, and up-level their life and business. Join me as we take one more step closer to that today. Welcome back to The Fulfillment Project. As always, I am your host, Sarah. A little bit of a different episode here for you today. We are going to completely flip things, and I am the one being interviewed. Usually I'm the front runner, asking all the questions, giving you all that helpful information. But I thought it would be great to give you a recording from my good friend Troy Brown's podcast, The Persistence Factor. He interviewed me on there, diving deeper into my story, and really talking about what it takes to be persistent along your pursuit to, you know, success, happiness, fulfillment, and everything that you're trying to achieve in life. So Troy Brown is a great friend of Joe and I. We have worked with him. We help him, you know, build his business, gave him the inspiration to even launch his podcast. And his growth this year has been so phenomenal to watch. He is an ex-soccer player and an ex-IFBB pro bodybuilder. So, you know, being high-level competitive pro athlete in two sports, he really knows, you know, what it takes to build that persistence muscle and have that persistence factor. And now he's doing amazing things with his podcast and in his business and aligning with some super high-level, high-achieving, you know, high-performing people on his show to interview. And I am so blessed to be one of those and the amazing questions that he he asked me and some really, really tough questions and dived a lot deeper into my story as well. So if you feel like you are maybe struggling with something right now or that you're in that awkward, icky transition period, maybe with a business, maybe with a relationship, maybe with just up-leveling and maybe an identity shift in yourself, this episode, I think, would give you a lot of insight and a lot of help. So let's get into that. Before we do, please, please, please go find Troy Brown on Instagram, on Facebook. Follow this guy. He's doing amazing things. And subscribe to his podcast as well. If you like this show, you will love that show as well. And as much information and contacts that I can give you to help you out on your journey, I am here to support you on that. So let's get into this interview. Just be open to whatever that journey is going to bring you. And whatever you think that that vision is for yourself, be open to it changing because it doesn't always end up turning out the way that you envision it to be as well. So honestly, just, just have an open mind and wherever you're meant to go, you will go as long as you're making those right decisions moving forward. Welcome to the Persistence Factor. My name is Troy Brown, a former pro athlete in two sports turned personal development transformation coach. And each and every week we bring to you real life changing stories to help you stay consistently inspired and to develop that sustained mental toughness which is required to get you to your destination. My wish for you is that these inspirational stories allow you to never ever give up hope. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now let's go and develop that persistence factor muscle. Good day, everybody. My name is Troy Brown. I am the host of The Persistence Factor, and I am so excited to bring to you a phenomenal guest. Her name is Sarah Fennell. She's an IFBB Pro inter international fitness cover model. She's retired her nine to five as a dental hygienist to pursue her passions in health and fitness. And also she absolutely loves helping and inspiring women. Uh, she's also been named the top 100 internet realtors for her fitness programs. She's also built a six figure fitness business and absolutely loves a di digital online marketing world. And now she is the co-owner of PT profits and strives to help as many fitness professionals as possible to achieve their success and fulfillment in their own business. Sarah, welcome to The Persistence Factor. How are you doing? Hi, Troy. I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. My, my pleasure. Well, I'm just very, very excited to interview you. I've watched you from afar for a very, very long time. 
And uh, I'm, I'm just so excited to have you on this show. More importantly, just to get your jewels of wisdom and to inspire, you know, people that are out there watching this for the very first time. But before I do, I kind of gave a little bit of an introduction to you. Um, who is Sarah Fennell? And, and give me an idea what it was like for you growing up as a kid. Hmm. I mean, I feel like there's many, many layers of Sarah, as there are with, with most people. But uh, I'm from a really small town called Millhaven, which is just outside of Kingston, Ontario. Uh, I grew up in the country. I grew up on dirt bikes and making forts and living in the forest, basically. Uh, you know, pretty, pretty typical upbringing. Uh, definitely was in that mentality from a household of going to school and getting good grades and, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I really did start out on that traditional path of success or what I was told was to be success. Um, But it's really interesting the way that things morph and change as, as you grow. Absolutely. Did you have any ambitions as a kid, anything that you wanted to be when you were younger? I always felt like, I wanted to do something big and it's interesting, you know, the people I talk to who are doing great things or who are inspiring others, we almost feel like there's this internal drive inside of us to be someone or always share our voice. But that, that really didn't come out until my later twenties, um, going through high school, I actually had a really hard time with girls growing up and was never really part of that popular group. uh, And there was a lot of bullying going on. And so I had a lot of lack of self-worth growing up of the negative things that were being said to me. And I was called that pretty girl in names and rumors. And I actually came to regret the way that I I looked and went through a, a really bad destruction leaving high school and into college. And I I remember cutting my hair short and dyeing it black and starving myself and then overfeeding myself. And it was, there was a massive cycle of of self-destruction with trying to really find out who I was. Right. And and, and how did you actually get into the, the fitness industry? I'm quite intrigued to find out your answer. I, you know, I like to say I kind of fell into it, but you know, really, there really are no falling into things. I believe everything does happen for a reason. And, you know, after that high school phase, I, I was actually out at a, a bar. I was 19, just, you know, legal here in Canada to be able to drink. And I was with a group of friends. There was about 20 of us. And this girl that I knew, she introduced me to her boyfriend. It was my first time meeting him. And I was at this bar and I was at the bar and I was getting a couple drinks and it was last call. And I remember turning around with drinks in my hand and I saw this gentleman who I was just introduced to, a friend of a friend, he was stabbed in the throat. And as I was turning around with these drinks in my hand, all of a sudden I saw this blood go flying out from his neck. He grabbed his neck and fell to the ground and his girlfriend jumped on top of him. And now I, I start this because it, it really was a, a pivotal moment for me of, of launching me into another few years of my life, which ended up being, you know, depression and drugs and not really dealing with a situation that happened to me when I was 19. Even though you can go to counseling, there's a massive amount of pain that, that happens when I, I guess you witness something like that. And it's not till now I can reflect back and watch the, the tipping point and, and the cascade of events that happened after that. So it led into to drugs and bad relationships and so many superficial friendships that when I turned 24, I ended up massively depressed in the hospital on suicide watch, like massive cocaine addiction. And my mom pulling me out of this house being like, you know, what, what the heck are you doing with your life? And it was going through this depression and, and realizing that that life I was on, that I completely moved away from Kingston. And literally within two weeks, I had packed up my life, didn't tell anybody that I was moving, didn't even tell the guy I was dating at the time that I was leaving. And I just left. And I moved to Ottawa and I started working as a dental hygienist and started on that career path that I quote unquote thought I always wanted. And with learning about depression, I had heard that fitness was fantastic for you to be able to boost your mood and to feel better. So I started doing that and I started feeling great. And this is when I started realizing that I was really focus-driven and goal-driven. And it didn't make sense for me just to go to the gym every day when I didn't have a focus. 
And I don't know how, and it's funny looking back because fitness competitions were not all over social media the way they were now. I mean, Facebook was really just coming up. This was 2008. And I was like, I'm going to do a fitness competition. And so I hired a trainer who didn't know anything about fitness competitions and kind of dieted myself and honestly didn't know what I was doing and showed up to the show, not prepared, didn't do well. And I placed second last. So that was my introduction into the fitness world. And, and from there, it was that was a massive tipping point for so much growth as to where I am now. So I just wanted to elaborate on one of the things you mentioned. Would you say that moment when you were, quote unquote, you're in, into the drugs um, and f- feel free if I'm going too deep, let me know. But would you say that was a, like a, a moment in your life where you hit absolute rock bottom? Would you say? I would, yeah, I would definitely say that was a rock bottom moment for sure. I was massively underweight, super depressed, and just, I didn't have, and and I realize now, and, you know, since that moment, there's been many ups and downs with life, like life is, is far from perfect, and I can't say that I've ever been back at that point, but, you know, there are low moments in life, and I find that when I'm getting back into those low moments, it's when I'm not living up to my highest potential, and it's when I'm not really stepping up, and I think for myself, I I strive to help people. I strive to be of service to people, and when I'm not really stepping into that, I find myself almost slipping back mentally um, into a little bit of that 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 lost mentality. So going through that, those moments way back then, for sure, it was a rock bottom moment, but it was a moment I had to hit to realize that I never want to feel like this again. And, and how did you get out of that rock bottom moment? Like, what did you do? Was there a coach or a mentor or some type of book that you read that got you out of that position? There, it was a, it was a long it was a long journey. I would have to say like my mom for sure. Uh, she put me into counseling. So I was seeing a therapist and she was also seeing a therapist to know how to deal with my situation. And it's funny when we go through situations like that. And I had a great upbringing. My parents were, I don't want to say strict, but you know, really tried to provoke your good values on me. So I thought I was such a disappointment. And the last thing I ever wanted them to know was that I was on drugs or, you know, doing things like that. And when you go through a moment like that, like she was asking questions and she just wanted to know, like, what does it feel like to get high? And why would you do that? And really just coming at it from a really open mind. So my mom was honestly my, my biggest, uh, form of support and just being open and allowed me that gateway to just talk about it as well. Well, your mom sounds like she's a, an inspirational figure too, that's for sure. She's fantastic. Um, well, I was going to ask you, basically, would you say that's the hardest thing you've ever had to face so far in, in your career, would you say? Or there's been other things that have been extremely just as difficult? There was a lot of emotional pain there. And I remember even with coming down off the drugs and seeing psychologists and being put on prescription medications in order to level out moods and depression. And there was a good six months there of trying to figure out how to level my moods out. And so there were extremely low days, uh, days of just crying all day for no reason. And yeah, that was definitely my lowest, lowest point and just feeling lost and hopeless and not knowing what I wanted in life. Right. And when did that shift happen? When was that defining moment for Sarah um, when you were going through all those hardships and all those ad- all that adversity and all those challenges? Was there a defining moment for you when, when you said enough is enough, like I have to change, this, this has to stop? Yeah, it was that moment when my mom, she pulled me out of a house that I was living at. There were quite a few of us living at. I don't want to call it like a flop house, but I mean, like we all worked. I was kind of, I was in the the bartending um, era back then, which kind of fed into that lifestyle. She had pulled me out of a house. I had missed a lunch date for her. And I'm, I'm a pretty proactive person. I never like to miss things. So I'd missed a lunch date. So she showed up at this house and I had a barely slept in 30 days, been up all night. And I was just a disaster. And it it was really at that moment where she was like, you're coming with me. You are better than this. She's like, what the heck are you doing with your life? And that was that, that snapping, snapping out of it moment. I see. And, And in that moment when you were, so to speak, looking to change your life in, in terms of on a better path, if you will, was there any type of books that you were reading? Were you just starting to read personal development back then or, or was that sort of later on in your career? 
That was later on. I got into personal development about two years after that, when I got more into fitness and wanted to learn more about mindset. But back then, it was more learning about uh, how the mind works chemically, how foods can influence your mood, how activity can influence your mood. Like I I knew none of that. Um, I did sports growing up, but I wasn't really, didn't, after I went into college, never stayed active. So I didn't understand the correlation of treating your body good and having a healthy lifestyle with how that, you know, emotionally and, and physically made you feel. So a lot of it you basically have done on your own pretty much. Um, and and what year was that when you were going through all those tough times, all that adversity? Can you remember the year? That, that breaking moment was May 2008. So yeah. not that long ago. Ten, about 10 years ago, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and I see what you've done and what you've built is absolutely phenomenal. And I think that's kind of the purpose of doing this podcast is to really show people when they hit rock bottom that they can turn it around. I mean, there's some time and they have to be patient and persistent, mm-hmm. but they will get there eventually. And, and your story is living proof that if you can do it and, and so can they. Um, I'm just so grateful that you're going, you know, really, really deep in this interview. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Uh, what would you say in Sarah's eyes, the word persistence, what does that mean to you? Hmm. You know, I can think of many different times, especially, you know, with going through fitness and going for that IFBB pro card, you know, there's a, a persistence when there's a desire that you want that you just cannot get out of your head. And, you know, with every goal or challenge that I take on, if, if I can't get it out of my head and if it's something I can't stop thinking about and it makes me excited to think about and it, truly challenges me. And I think about, you know, I, I need to be a different person in order to achieve that. Persistence to me is just following through with that, that soul's desire or that, that heart calling that you have. Great answer. Amazing answer. So let's kind of go back a bit. Was that a, a, an, an exciting moment for you when you, when you won your IFBB Pro card? Maybe kind of touch on that a little bit because, you know, I talk to a lot of people that tell me that they would like to one day, uh, you know, get their Pro card, but they only see the end result. They don't see what goes on in the middle. Maybe mm-hmm. share with everybody, you know, what that was like, you know, and sort of the, uh, the journey, if you will, on getting that Pro card. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. And, um, you know, I definitely have an addictive personality and a bit of an obsessive nature. And, you know, looking back over the years, there was that, that drug and depression world, and it was definitely an addictive world. And then coming out of that and finding fitness, I honestly replaced one addiction for another. That's exactly what I did. And it's taken me a good four years now to quote unquote, learn a bit of balance in my life. Uh, but I do have to be mindful. So with getting into fitness and, and doing awful and then hiring a proper coach and, and doing well and realizing the potential and the, the, the betterment that you can do for your mind, for your body. And, and you know, I was good at it. I, I'll admit that. And the judges liked me. And when you win shows and you get that credibility and you get that applause, it's, it really feeds into that addiction. And when I do something, I can't just do something half-ass. It's like, okay, if this is what I'm doing and this is the ideal, I want the ideal. So as soon as I learned what that pro card was, which I believe was my third show, you know, you do a couple shows, maybe not now. I, I've heard of people wanting their IFBB pro card, not even knowing what that even means. I feel like it's kind of lost a little bit of its, um, its magnitude. But back then when I learned what it was, it was like the Holy Grail and they seemed so far away. And it was just like, oh my God, these bodies that you just, you looked up to so much. So when I learned what that was, it was this, this, this hunger, this, this, this feed that I did in order to, to build that body and to work up the ranks. And it's funny because I actually almost quit the year I won my pro card. I was, and this is funny when people want things, sometimes we want it for the wrong reasons. We want it because we look at maybe the fame or the attention that people get or the money or the lifestyle or whatever that, that you think that it is. And I had been chasing this pro card and I'd been to nationals a couple of times and I realized I was doing, I didn't realize why I was doing it. So it was 2014 and I was starting another prep for nationals and I was like 
14 or 16 weeks out and cardio was dreadful. Uh, the diet was hard, not that it's ever easy, but I just was not in a good flow. And I questioned like, I'm months out. I'm, I'm not happy. This I'm miserable right now. Why the heck am I doing this? And I realized that I ended up on this cycle of knowing what the next show was. So that's what I had to do. Um, I really been putting myself out there on social media. I'd built a business at this point over contest prep. And I fell into a cycle of doing what I thought everybody else expected of me. And I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. And I wasn't doing it for me anymore, like at the beginning. So I didn't have that same internal hunger or drive. So I backed out of nationals and I felt like I was such a failure and I felt like I was letting people down. But in reality, like no one freaking cares, right? <laughs> so with dropping out and, you know, I still stayed, you know, eating clean and treating my body right. And that as soon as I kind of let that stress go of myself, I realized that I, I had this energy about me to do the things that needed to be done without that that pressure. And so I kind of just kept on the same path without telling anybody. And it was about five weeks out from the North Americans down in Pittsburgh. And I had realized at that time that I was five weeks out and I was like, I look pretty good. Like I look great. I'd kind of been planning to do a photo shoot that summer. So I thought maybe I'll just kind of push it a little bit harder and see what happens. I didn't tell anybody that I was prepping like I usually did and do the however many week out countdown that people do on social media. And I was like, I'm just going to see what happens. And I was in school for holistic nutrition and I was testing out different cleansing and detoxification things on my body and didn't eat like the typical bodybuilder diet and really just was following what I was learning about my own internal health and really nourishing my body. And I was getting leaner and leaner and I felt freaking fantastic. And about a week out, I kind of let people knew that know what, what I was doing. And it's funny because when I went through that process and, you know, when I was three or four weeks out, I realized that this was a moment that I had to get at to realize that I was ready for that next step. I needed to come at this from my own internal journey. I needed to do it from a space that was just for myself. And I really needed to have the right intention behind why I was doing it and have that own self-accountability and not have a coach. I coached myself into it. And I just, it was a moment where I was like, I'm, I'm ready for this. Like I'm I'm ready to be an IFBB pro. And I was doing affirmations and I was doing a ton of personal development. And I was saying to myself over and over again, I am an IFBB pro. I am an IFBB pro. And to be honest, I visualized winning that card and step-by-step going through the motions. And when it happened, I was, that was the most comfortable I felt on stage. I was not nervous. And it was almost like I just needed to show up in order to live out what I'd already envisioned. So. so it's kind of like a formality because you visualized it so many times. It was kind of like when it happened, you know, and it manifested, it was like, oh, it, you kind of knew that you was going to already do it already because of the visualization process. Right? Absolutely. I had won tons of shows before and it was like an elated, like, oh my God, me, like I won. It was that. And when I won my card, it wasn't like that. It was more like a, yes, like I, I, I earned this. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Thank you for sharing that, Sarah. So let's switch gears a little bit. So how hard it, was it for Sarah in terms of reinventing herself um, from a standpoint of letting go of the Sarah IFBB Pro and going into this new territory in terms of going into social media and, and helping people in the fitness industry to improve their businesses? Was it hard for you to let go of the IFBB, Sarah? Um, was that uh, hard for you to let go or, or was it an easy process? Oh, no, it was definitely a struggle. And to be honest, I'm I'm still grieving from that or still, you know, I don't want to say getting out of it, but I'm still moving on from that. Uh, you know, I'm still training some fitness clients and I will be dropping that by the end of this year. It's, it's a process. And when you build up your identity around something and you're so used to something and something is so comfortable for you, like fitness is easy for me. It's easy to, for me to market myself that way. I've built up that reputation. And a part of me was thinking, You've spent so much time building this up. And then there's also the, the fear factor of, you know, I, I quit my nine to five career as a dental hygienist in 2011 to take on fitness and do this against what friends were saying, against what my family was saying. So there was a part of me trying to always prove people wrong or that I had made the right decision. And then coming into this new path of realizing that I wanted to move on from that 
So was, there was a bit of fear with letting go of, of what I had built and, and what I had secured for myself onto this new path. And it was honestly like a two or three year process. And like I said, like I'm still going through it, uh, but slowly it's, it's fading away and, and I am stepping more, more into this light that I want to. And did you face a lot of ridicule when you let go originally of your nine to five job? And also did you face any ridicule from people like friends and family fans that you had that when you finally let go of the sort of IFBB pro card, was there any ridicule there as well? Well, definitely, you know, when I quit that, you know, quote unquote, secure job, it took me four or five months to actually tell my parents that I had, that I had quit. Um, I had first went down to like part-time hours and then, you know, was more just hanging on to it for the security for myself and wondering what people would say. And definitely my friends thought I was crazy and I was predominantly, you know, doing online, but in person as well. And this is back in 2011, 2012, when the online space was really, really just starting to come up, Instagram didn't exist. And yeah, so it was more just, and that was a lot of my driving factor was just to, you know, I had to make this on my own. I was making this choice. People were telling me I was making the wrong choice, that I was going to fail and like, hell, I was going to prove them right. And then with the IFBB, I mean, I still get asked now, when am I going to compete again? And unless people are really like in tune with my journey or on my mailing list or follow me day to day with social media, you know, we don't really realize what people are doing. When you've built up a name and you're known for something, people just, they, they put you, they compartmentalize you into a box, right? So they're like, this is Sarah. She's a fitness competitor, the IFBB pro. And it can take us years to, to break out of those molds. And that's why I have slowly been transitioning out of fitness more into the business space from a marketing standpoint as well. I understand that people aren't just going to see me as that, that business coach. It takes time to shed that old identity. Well, I can say, first of all, Sarah, you know, I've been to some of your seminars and, and some of your lectures, and I must admit, you are a fantastic presenter. You're a great speaker. Uh, I've been in the industry of personal development for quite a while, seen a lot of the great speak, and you, you speak very, very well, and you're very relaxed up, up there in front Thank of the you. group. So you're, you're, you're a professional up there. So Thank kudos you. to you for, you look like you're a natural up there. It was not always like that. Personal or uh, public speaking scared the heck out of me. And uh, my first event, I actually had people pay me to come see me, come see me speak. And I had it all set up and I backed out. That was in 2015. And that was only three years ago that I backed out and I was like, I can't stand up in front of people and talk. And ever since then, I started with more smaller groups and kind of started shedding that fear. So you've come such a long way, such a long way. It's absolutely amazing. It's very refreshing too, at the same time. Let's switch gears a little bit. This is a question I've been dying to ask you. There's someone out there right now that is really struggling mentally um they're 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 trying to go after a a goal a dream so to speak but having a lot of ridicule a lot of adversity um they're going through trials and tribulations they're on the verge of quitting if you had two minutes with that individual what would you say to them i would say that if that desire for that goal is there every single day you know you dream about it you think about it you see yourself as that person living out there at that goal then don't ever give up. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. And as long as it's coming from the right space, it, it, it doesn't matter. Majority of people that will knock us down or tell us that something's not right, you have to look at A, are they living in that position that you want to be in? Because if they're not, they're most likely not at that high level. So why should you listen to them? And people want to protect us, especially if it's our loved ones or our friends and our family. They really say things to us from a protection standpoint. But if you know in your heart that you want something and you can't get it out of your head, it will cause you more pain to stay where you are. Absolutely. And that's definitely one thing that I've learned. And it's funny. Sometimes I shake my head and I'm like, why can't I just be comfortable as, as Sarah, the fitness professional, or why can't I be comfortable here? And I, every time I up level, it's, there's growth and and there, there's growing pains and there, there's excitement, but there's also fear. And it usually costs me more pain to stay where I'm at than it is to go through that growth. And I find that those of us who are entrepreneurs or high performers or who are big goal seekers, you know, we'll, we'll go after it no matter what, because we'd rather move forward than stay where we are. 
so always being uncomfortable every single day? You, you have to be. I mean, if you want something that you currently don't have, it's going to take a different mindset. It's going to take different skills. It's going to take doing something different than what you are doing today or else you would have that goal. So if you're not willing to go through those growing pains and that those lessons, then you'll never get there. And it's the lessons and the journey along the way that truly create the person that you need to be in order to have that goal. That, that's 100% what I have learned. I've grown so much and I have had many learning, learning lessons. I don't want to call them mistakes. We'll call them learning lessons, but it's, it's allowed me to be in the position I am today and to be a leader and to be a coach and be able to help people through those issues that they're having along their journey. Well said. And mm-hmm. does, does Sarah believe in the power of having a coach and a mentor? Oh, 100%, 100%. Even, you know, in fitness, I, I had that coach. And uh, even though I was coaching people for shows as well, I still had a coach up until the very last show. But I think it's always great to have that second eye, to have that advice, to have someone looking from that outsider perspective without the emotion or the fear attached to give you that right advice. And, you know, Joe and I, we actually just hired a business coach as well. You know, we help people with their businesses, but we are up leveling because we know the level that we want to be at and we need, we need that second eye on what we're doing as well. It's interesting with all the success you've had, you and Joe, you'll still have a coach. You still find the power of having a coach and a mentor, right? Yeah. Well, I honestly, uh, I feel like I'm just at the beginning, like, and that's kind of how I felt with, with every goal or with every journey. Like it's, I I'm at the beginning and where we want to be, you know, three, five years from now, there's a lot that needs to be done. And if you want to grow a business or a vision or a movement, it's got to be bigger than you. And it's got to be a little bit out of your reach as to what you can accomplish right now, or else you'll never up level. Thank you. I'm I'm learning so much from you right now, actually. I should have had a pen and paper to take some notes. Um, my, my next thing I wanted to ask you, Sarah, at, at this stage of your success, what keeps the fire lit uh, in terms of Sarah? Like what keeps her going, like uh, in terms of helping others and, and helping them with their passions and so forth? Like what keeps you going? It's honestly... It's two part. It's reflected on how far I've come. And I think that reflection piece is really key to keep moving forward. If we're always thinking about the day in and day out, it can seem like we're not getting anywhere. And even if I looked three months ago, six months ago, a year ago, I am a completely different person. I speak completely differently. The growth inside my mindset is completely different. And when we have those reflection pieces, it allows us to be like, okay, how much better can I get? How much better can I get? And then also along that path, looking at the people that you are serving and the impact that you are making, if you're going to coach or build something, it's got to be something that's outside of your own, your own needs. It's got to be for other people. And when you are impacting people and you are changing other people's lives, oh my God, it just fuels me even further to get up and do more and be more and, and be in service for people. Fantastic. What's next for Sarah? Let's say in the, in the next five years from now, what's, what's next for you? Hmm. Well, um, we're in the process, we're in the baby processes of building out PT profits. And I envision this as a, a hub, an online hub for fitness professionals to come to for information about growing their fitness business. I want this to be like the bodybuilding.com of fitness professionals wanting to grow. So a huge blog, we're launching a podcast. I want it to be a hub for, for courses and information and a community of people to come together who really, really want to build a fulfilling and successful fitness business. And I've, I've had great success in my business and I don't take that for granted. There are many skills that honestly just came natural to me that I know that don't come natural for other people. And I find in the service industry, people want to help people so much, which is amazing. Like that's the first quality that you need, but the business skills are lacking. You know, how to really think like a business person and market yourself and network and, and really great that get that great consistent business action going, that that takes a different mindset and that takes different skills that a lot of people just aren't, they're just not in, innate with them. I agree. Absolutely. And, and where can someone find out more information about PT Profits, Sarah? Yeah. So ptprofits.ca. We are PT Profits on Instagram and Facebook as well. Or you can find me on Instagram, sarah.fennel. And do you have a website, Sarah? sarahfennel.com. 
I like to keep things branded consistently across the board. Uh, amazing. I've got a couple of uh, bonus questions for you here. I just wrote them down. Yeah. Um, how would you spend, how can I say this? When you transition from this world, this is a very big question. When you transition from this world, what would you want to be known as? Hmm. That's interesting. I really see myself, I mean, we're building out PT profits right now, but, uh, and, and this is, goes back to talking about, you know, transitioning. Um, I see myself transitioning, building PT profits as a, as an individual brand by itself, you know, still with Sarah and Joe attached to it, but not so heavily as we are now relying on our own individual reputations. And I really see Sarah Fennel as a brand for empowering women to step into their light and to step into uh, through their their insecurities and do what they truly want in life. So, I mean, I I have visions of uh, writing a book, of doing TED talks, of being on bigger stages, and and being a voice for women. What that looks like and in intricate you know capacities, I'm not quite sure yet. But I definitely see a lot of personal development for women in my future. Great answer. If you could have dinner with anybody that you, I don't know, maybe they're a, an, an ideal or a hero of yours, um, you could have a, a, a two-hour lunch with them or dinner, who would sort of uh, be that person? Mm. Lori Harder. Do you know who Lori Harder is? Rings a bell. She's amazing. I love her podcast. She uh, she has a very similar story with me with with going through fitness competitions. Uh, she does network marketing right now. Uh, she's really building her own brand away from that, and she has really stepped into bringing women together as a tribe and just being so authentic in who she is. And I think not just women, but people in general are so we put up such a wall and we put up such a Maybe not fabric, you know, you know, with social media and the way that those perfect lives and we always want to represent our best selves. And especially for myself as growing a brand and not that I'm not authentic, but I'm really in the process of shedding the, the facade or shedding the layers and just really speaking my truth and, and stepping into who Sarah is, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, you know, the most authentic side of, side of myself. And that, that's a process. And Lori is someone who really stands in that. She just released a book all on that as well. So I really, really look up to women who can talk about their journey and talk about their struggles and, and talk about you know, just bringing women together and not being so gossipy or not being so drama-filled and women connecting and empowering others to move forward great answer uh, this is a, a random question i wasn't even going to ask you this yeah question. so i saw you a couple of weeks ago and i know that you're not competing anymore but you've been able to sustain this healthy image that you have and you're still in phenomenal shape how have you been able to maintain the 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 level of conditioning and the shape that you're in especially for someone that's out there there's a woman out there that wants to know how does someone how does a a person maintain it what what would you what would you say or what's been the key sort of attributes for you doing that yeah it's been a it's been a journey for sure and i mean when i got into shaping my body it was purely from an ego physical perspective. I wanted to look good. I wanted to have abs. I wanted to have the chiseled shoulders. And I have found that, you know, with stepping away from that competitive industry and, and really going back to school for holistic nutrition and learning about my own internal health was that, that tipping point for that. And then really learning about my body and being super self-aware as to what makes me feel really, really good. And when I started, you know, I did the typical bodybuilder of like on season, off season. And although I've never been a big person, I would definitely put on 15, uh, at my worst, I went up 20, 25 pounds from a show date and I felt awful and I didn't want to show my body or even wear tight fitting clothing. That comes from a mindset perspective as well. But with learning about myself and stepping away from the bodybuilding world, I thought about balance. And with talking earlier about that, that addictive mentality, I really had to learn about 
okay, I want to show up for my audience. I want to show up in my business. I want to show up in my relationships as my best self. And with struggling with depression and, and mood disorders, like that never really goes away. And I had found over the years, even my moods had shifted, even when I had gotten off uh, antidepressants. They, they can still kind of shift depending on how I'm treating my body. So honestly, it comes from a point of, I just want to feel good every single day. Because if I don't feel good, I don't want to do podcasts like this. I don't want to do interviews. I don't want to stand in front of people and talk. Like that, my most authentic and true self does not come out at that point. So that was something I only just realized about a year and a half ago. So I am at the gym every single morning, at least five days a week, weights, cardio. I eat right. I don't put a lot of sugar or processed foods into my body. I just don't. I don't feel good. And, you know, obviously with eating and treating my body like that, there is the physical result that comes from it. And I was only really able to step into that because of having that super self-awareness. And, and this goes talking about, you know, what we want or what we see that greater vision for ourselves or how we see ourselves leading or, or what we want to do in day to day. And it just means following the day to day things I need to do in order to live into that. So it, it purely just comes from, I want to feel healthy and vibrant and energetic every single day. And I know what will do that in my life. Now, my partner, Joe, he can, you know, he, he can drink and he can eat what he wants and he still runs a hundred miles a minute. I don't act like that. If I, if I eat things like wheat or sugar or dairy, like I will feel like crap for days after. And that's just my own internal body. So really coming into self-awareness as to what makes you as an individual feel really good is key to not only feeling great, but, but also looking great as well. Amazing answer. Thank you for sharing that, Sarah. Yeah. Oh, phenomenal. Do, do, you, uh, do you and Joe meditate a lot? Do you find that really helps you guys in terms of uh, in the morning, setting up your day? Is that something that you do on a daily basis, meditation? 100%. I was introduced to meditation in, I mean, I kind of always heard of it and heard of it as like hooey, <laughs> woohoo kind of world. Uh, but I got into it when I got into network marketing a few years ago and dabbled in and out of it. It's kind of like a fitness journey. You know, you're dabbling in with fitness. It's like hit or mid, it's intermittent, but really the past six to nine months doing it consistently, we've created a meditation room now and, you know, it depends on what I have going on in my life. I, I'll admit I don't do it every single day, but it's pretty much like working out. There's four to six days a week that I 100% set aside that time and meditate. If I'm going through more stuff, sometimes I'll meditate twice a day. And sometimes, you know, I get busy just like working out or training and it slips out of my routine. And I notice when I don't have it in my routine, it, it calms me, it clears my mind, it sets me up for intention. I find it opens my mind and it creates a lot of creativity. So a lot of things I post on social media or talk about with clients or things that come up in podcasts like this, it, it, they come from a meditative point of really being able to calm my mind and clear out a lot of clutter. Amazing. Are you re- what uh, type of book are you reading right now? Do you mind sharing I'm, that with the listeners? Actually, I, yeah, I actually have it right here beside me. So this is a book called The Untethered Soul. This talks about, it talks about the voice that goes on inside of your head and how that voice is not really you. It's your conscious mind and it's really your unconscious and your soul that is leading that way. So it's about quieting those conscious voices or those conscious actions that are happening and and really stepping into things from an unconscious perspective and, and tapping into what you truly want, whether you're thinking about it or not. Amazing. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna purchase that book. I'll yeah, it's a great book. I, it was actually recommended to me on. Um, I was listening to a Lewis Howes podcast, so I love pod- podcasts. I get so many ideas from them. Yeah, it's a great way to reach more people. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I was going to ask you one more thing. Uh, do you, uh, you and Joe, go to any? I wouldn't say the word retreats, but is there any like um, personal development seminars that you guys go to um any, anything you find that is inspirational that's helped you along the way in your journey 
Yeah, we, I mean, together we've, we've been to some, some stuff from Pat Rigsby. He's an an awesome mentor down the States. We've been down down to Kentucky to see him. Uh, We're meeting with a business coach next week. We're also going down to San Diego in a few weeks to uh, meet meet up with AJ Roberts. He's holding an event um, and just looking to really network and connect with other, other people who are doing amazing things. And Joe and I are at a point, you know, we're in Toronto and there aren't a lot of I don't want to say there's not a lot of high-level people, but it's not as vast as it is down in the state. So one thing that we're really focusing on for 2018 is looking around at who are some really high-level people that we can learn from, that we can lock arms with, that we can network with to really help us along in our journey. And I think anybody who is looking to up-level their lives, you've got to get around people who are doing better than you. You have, yeah, you need to increase that circle of friends, that circle of influence, or else you'll, you'll, you never up-level. We can go to an event here or there, we can get inspired, but when you get back into your day-to-day life, it can be hard to keep that momentum moving forward. So, you know, we're looking for people who we can stay in constant contact with. We're looking to get around as many people as possible, as frequently as possible in order to keep that high vibe and that momentum moving forward. I mean, we're just like normal people. We fall back into those those normal routines and it can be easy to live that mediocre life and I don't want to downplay mediocre life but if you're looking to do something truly great in your life or you're looking to truly inspire people or create something that's awesome and creates a movement and an impact you have to do it on a higher level than the average person so we are yeah, we are, we are aligning with some people and we are going to some events. Um, we're looking at a Tony Robbins event this year. Brendan Bouchard is definitely an event that I would want to go to as well coming up. So how that plays out, I'm not quite sure yet. And do you and Joe, have you got any uh, lectures that are coming up, any seminars that you are going to be teaching at that someone on that's listening to this podcast right now could attend to if they're in the uh, GTA, so to speak? Yeah. So April 28th, we have a one-day workshop for fitness professionals. So if you're looking to increase your business skills, uh, learn about networking, learn about marketing, learn about what's going on with social media right now, because it's an ever-changing model that uh, you need to stay up to date with, uh, we have a one-day seminar going on for that. We have uh, another six-month mentorship that's launching in June. Um, So much great addition that we're adding to that. We had a whole weekend of strategizing and planning on our marketing schedule for that. So we're excited to welcome on um, 15 to 18 fitness professionals into that for six months with us to align with us uh, and to let us help them build their business. Wow, congratulations to the both of you. You're, you are really leading the charge in the industry, and it's so Thank great you. to see. You're an inspiration to many, and you've been a, a great role model for, for Jasmine and I. We, we appreciate you and, and Joe so much. Um, as, as we bring this in for a landing, any last words, any jewels of wisdom that you would like to give to the listeners before we bring this in for a landing? Yeah, I mean, whoever's listening to this, it's... We're all, we're all working towards something. I mean, as human beings, we, we crave growth. And when we're not growing, this is usually when we're suffering or we're, we're, we've led into depression or into sadness. And I find it's those that don't really go after what they desire that they end up in a state of suffering or in a state of disappointment. So whatever it is that you're after, whether it's business or health or relationships, just know that there is going to be some growing space and that there's going to be some learning curves and everybody starts somewhere. And like I said, you know, we're doing amazing things with the business coaching now, but I, I truly come at this from a, a beginner's perspective and I'm always on that learning curve and I'm always open to growth. And with growth comes some hardships and some learning lessons and just be open to whatever that journey is going to bring you. And whatever you think that that vision is for yourself be open to it changing because it doesn't always end up turning out the way that you envision it to be as well. So honestly, just, just have an open mind and wherever you're meant to go, you will go as long as you're making those right decisions moving forward. And if the struggles come up, if the adversity comes up, what, what, what do they do in those times of uh, crisis, so to speak, for them? You know, they're hard and and I can sit here and spew some words of wisdom, but I think we've all been in those moments where we're like, oh, like, why is this happening to me? Or, oh, like not now, or am I ever going to get through this? Am I ever going to feel better? And when I'm at those low moments, I usually find that it's, 
it's something that I have to, it's a learning lesson that I have to learn. So if a situation hasn't turned out the way I want it to, or there's been a disappointment or there's been a no or a rejection, it's usually been because something better is coming or, uh, you know, I need that moment of silence or I need that downtime in order to reflect or reposition myself or retarget it into a different direction. So whatever it is that you're going through or wherever you are, just, you just have to trust that you are where you need to be and the path will open up when it's meant to open up. Phenomenal. Amazing. What a great interview, Sarah. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to sit down with me and, and talk about the persistence factor. You are truly living the, the persistence factor. I, I really mean that. And uh, it's just been an honor to have you on this show. I appreciate you and for everything that you're doing for, you know, to serve other people. And I know that you are just getting started. Uh, there's going to, I'm just going to be seeing you guys, um, with books and your own retreats and so forth. So um, I just appreciate you again. And uh, so does Jasmine. So thank you for all you do. And uh, any, any, where, where, I think we already mentioned already, where can people get hold of you on Instagram? Are you on Facebook? Yeah. yeah. Um, always just look up Sarah Funnel, S-A-R-A, no H on the end. Um, my handles are usually all just Sarah Funnel. So you can find me. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. It's honestly, it's been amazing to see you and Jasmine grow and, you know, you launch this podcast and really step into what you're doing. I'm I mean, you've been through a very similar journey like myself and you've had tons of mentoring as well. And, you know, I know that there's been things that you've been wanting to do that have been put on hold. And I feel, I really feel like you're at that, that tipping moment for a lot of things unfolding for yourself this year. So I know Joe and I are super excited to be a part of and to watch everything that unfolds for you. Thank you so much. Sarah. Yeah, you're I appreciate it. Thank you very much. So that is it. I appreciate you, Sarah. Thank you very much for being on this Persistence Factor podcast. And for those that are listening, uh, feel free to reach out to Sarah anytime she is on all social media platforms. So again, for myself, Troy Brown and Sarah Fennell, we appreciate you. Have a great rest of your day. And remember, live your Persistence Factor every single day. Take care. Thank you. Everybody, I just wanted to say, first of all, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please, please, please head over to iTunes and rate and review the show, The Persistence Factor, because you know what? This is what helps build the Persistence Factor community. And that is what it's all about, right? Building a community as big as we possibly can to deliver as much value as possible. And it's your rating and review that is really going to help that cause. Don't forget to subscribe. Also, if you are a new listener, thank you so much for checking out the show. And if you do get a chance and you want to check out all the show notes, the links to the show, etc., head over to apexphysiques.ca and you'll find all that info for you. Last thing before I go, if you do want to jump on a coaching call with yours truly for 15 minutes where we will tackle your biggest problem right now together, and this is absolutely free, it's not going to cost you a dime, head over to apexphysiques.ca or email myself at thepersistencefactor at gmail.com. I'll mention the website again, apexphysiques.ca, or you can email me at thepersistencefactor at gmail.com, and we can set one up for you ASAP. Till next time, see you next week, same time, same place, same channel. And again, thank you so much for listening. See you next week.